Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. No. Okay, are you happy now? Not yet. I will. You I didn't will even what? see any. Yeah, I know you didn't get a deer. Right? <laughs> I didn't see any, but uh... I told the audience on Monday the deer were safe. They were rejoicing. Oh, Lawrence is out here today. We're safe. <laughs> well, uh, Tuesday, no, Monday. I hunted right around here, and I mean, not within a mile of here, but within twenty miles of here. And I drove past the radio station. There, all these doe in the field. I thought, why don't? Why am I killing myself? I should just stop here and take care of one. Well, the thought of you roaming the grounds here with a loaded rifle doesn't exactly <laughs> ease my mind. What could go wrong? Okay. All right. Plenty. Thank you. All right. I'm back from deer camp. Good morning, everybody. Haven't shot a deer yet, but I certainly will. Did consume some beverages, I assume. And played poker. Oh, all right. Time for the annual poker hand. All right. So uh, I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is here. Uh, we're glad to say that we have a special guest to launch this part of the show, and then we'll have open phones. Uh, our producer says he is the Honorable Chris Carney, former 10th District U.S. Congressman. Joe points out the irony that our current congressman won't call us, but our past one will almost any time we invite him. Uh, he's a senior policy advisor for Nossum and LLP, still a professor of political science at Penn State University. He's got a great resume on a wide range of uh, U.S. security and military topics. Chris? And he is one of the true heroes of the Susquehanna Valley Thruway Project. It was Congressman Chris Carney who got us the first money, got us on the Appalachian Highway Development System funding, got us our first $160, $170 million. Without Chris, I don't know where we'd be today. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you and good night. We appreciate your time. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, start out with the fact that when you were in Congress, Obamacare made its way through, and uh, lots of folks who are smarter than me say that may have cost you re-election at some point. So Build Back Better is snaking its way through the House. It's done with the House and now at the Senate and is uh, sort of a comparable big topic. Your observation about the comparable you know how comparable is Build Back Better to Obamacare? Will there be lots of fallout afterward after it makes it through? If it makes it through, uh, your reflections on that? Well, I, I think your observation uh, about Obamacare costing me a reelect in 2010 is probably pretty astute. Um, as you recall, the the Tea Party movement was going full force then, and that was seen as sort of a social change program that, that no one really wanted. Although I will remind your your audience that uh, in the 10th District at the time, uh, because of Obamacare, uh, 33,000 families and individuals got insurance that didn't have it before. So, you know, if that cost me my seat, okay, fine, it was worth it. But the Build Back Better program uh, certainly the infrastructure piece of the Build Back Better program is, is a different animal altogether. Um, we all need 
good transportation systems. We all need the efficiencies that they bring. You know, if you recall, guys, the, the United States was falling uh, way behind the rest of the uh, industrialized world in terms of transportation capability and reliability. Um, and, and, oh, by the way, it's transportation dollars that are building the CSVT. So, you know, and, and right, right down there in the valley, you, you've got a, a good example of what the, um, the, the monies for transportation can do and what it will mean for, for the region. Politically, things are so screwed up now. I, I mean, I don't understand. I, there's no such thing as a Democratic road or a Republican road or a Democratic bridge or a Republican bridge. These are things that we all drive on and that we all need. And we need to know that they're safe, that they're reliable, uh, and that they're going to provide the economic efficiencies that good transportation systems around the world provide. And unless we are... Um, completely blinded by these, these sorts of ridiculous kinds of, uh, of, of political machinations that don't need to exist now, um, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense to, to, to vote against it. And I, I see Mr. Keller and Mr. Muser uh, both voted against this, I, I think, you know, very incredible piece of legislation that was done, by the way, on a bipartisan fashion. Um, I, I'd like to understand why they voted no. If it's just politics, that's ridiculous. If there was some sort of substantive issue with them, then then that's fine. But but at least let us know why they they voted no. Can they can they truly say that they don't want the infrastructure pro, uh, programs coming to the tenth district and, and the the ninth district, wherever Muser is, or the twelfth district rather? I guess it is now. I'm sorry, going back to my old days, but. You know why? Why would you vote no on something that will bring that kind of help to your to your region, and then the positive impact that it will bring? I mean, it's just beyond me. I don't understand it. Well, I I can agree with you, Chris. That we all, you know, we all have transportation needs, and then they certainly the the parts of that bill that reflect brick and mortar type construction, fixing bridges, high speed rail, things that are really going to move us along are fine, but there's some other odd stuff in there like tree equity. What well, I don't even understand what that is. You know, how much of this bill do you think is pork and how much is substance? <laughs> well, I mean <clears throat> it's it's pork if it's going to somebody else's <laughs> it's, it's substance if it's coming to yours. <clears throat> and tree equity you know, I mean, there people are using trees, and, and in fact, I know some of my Republican colleagues have, have uh, rather than reduce car, have uh, programs to reduce carbon. They they want to plant more trees because trees absorb carbon. Fine. I mean, you know, I, I don't know why we can't do both. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you can look at a major piece of legislation like the Build Back Better program is, um, or the the bipartisan infrastructure bill also called the BIF uh, just you know that's what they call it now down here in DC but the but the BIF is full of, of all kinds of things that if you want to take issue with you can but in, in the outcome the ultimate outcome of the bill is that it will bring the United States back into the, the 21st century in terms of transportation but you know, we still have a long way to go. And 
you know, it, it, it makes sense to embrace, uh, I, I think, the benefits that will come from the from the transportation bill and the jobs it will create and the efficiencies it creates. Well, um, you know, I, it, it really is giving the political times a remarkable achievement uh, to get for, for both parties to get this done. Uh, and for what it's going to mean for the country, I think. But Chris, you were considered a blue dog Democrat, and I think that's a label you somewhat embraced. But yeah. let's talk talk about the other part of this plan: the uh, the Build Back Better, uh, all the social spending, the the uh, free daycare, uh, universal pre K. All these things are very expensive. Now, President Biden says they're fully paid for. I know you're a pragmatist. Do you buy that? Um. They, they could be fully paid for uh, with tax increases on the wealthy. Now, obviously, the way the process works is that the, the president will make a proclamation and the detractors will say, no, that's not going to be the case. And then they will sit down together and talk, uh, or various parties will sit down and, and talk about uh, what they can and cannot accept. And frankly, right now, um, the second part of the infrastructure bill, the human infrastructure uh, bill, is is being held up by uh, Joe Manchin, and, uh, a Democrat, and, and Kristen Sinema, a Democrat from Arizona, because of the, the kinds of issues that you bring up, Joe. The uh, the cost of some things, the sort of the necessity, in, other, in their view, of, of some of the programs. Um, but I'll, I'll remind you that, for example, some of the environmental pro- issues that Joe Manchin has uh, would affect directly his coal company. So, you know, there, there, there's some political reasons behind uh, hesitancy to support the, that bill. Um, the, the question is, is it paid for? Um, it is essentially paid for. I think CBO came out last week with the uh, difference of about $370 billion dollars. Now, I know that sounds like a lot of money, but uh, when you're talking about a $1.75 trillion package, it's it's uh, pretty close to being paid for. And then there's also the, the benefits that we realize that are added, added value. So um, completely paid for, no. Um, do we need everything in, that people want in there? Probably not. But some of these these programs are are necessary. Uh, I, I cannot argue with trying to educate younger people. Um, I cannot argue with trying to provide relief for parents uh, and their ability to go out and find uh, get educated themselves if they wanted to get another job. Uh, I certainly cannot find fault with the environmental. Uh, programs that the uh, second part of Build Back Better wants to do. One of the huge pieces of undigested meat for the uh, Biden administration is the U.S. southern border, where uh, mm-hmm. the security is very lax. Homeland security is a topic near and dear to your whole military career and, and all you've worked for. How threatened are we, just in terms of homeland security, forget the costs and social issues for the moment, in terms of homeland security, uh, how dangerous is a porous border there? Well, as you know, I spent 
a lot of time on, on the southern border when I chaired the Management Investigations and Oversight Subcommittee in Homeland Security. And it, it can be dangerous. Absolutely, it can be dangerous. Uh, but I, I want to, if I might be able to here, you know, point in the other direction. The northern border is far less protected and far more porous than the southern border. Um, the southern border has become really a political football to a large degree. But very few people are paying attention to the northern border, which is um, in many ways uh, more dangerous. Uh, I, I know people don't think about that, but but it, it really is. In the uh, one of the jobs I had following my time in Congress was working uh, under the Director of National Intelligence on some issues uh, pertaining to to the border, and the northern border is is very very porous as well. So, uh, and, you know, and that was under the Trump administration. Uh, you know, people just aren't paying attention to the things that they need to because of political reasons, I'm afraid. That the, it's, it's easier to make political hay by pointing to the southern border than it is to take concrete steps to protect both borders. So um, I, I, I wish we would just get out of this damn cycle. I wish we would just remember that we are all Americans and get back to work. And, and rather than and, and try and make political hay on the other party, you know, put your differences aside and remember what the hell you're supposed to be doing down there. So anyway, well, that that brings up a, a sense of a little frustration. That brings up a great question and one I was going to ask you anyway. Compare and contrast Congress today with Congress when you serve from what you've seen. More or less partisan, more or less cooperation? Um far more partisan, far less cooperation. Um you know, and that that goes both ways. I'm not trying to point fingers at, at just Republicans or just Democrats. It, it goes both ways. Um, the parties in power wield the power, certainly. And uh, the, the parties who aren't part of time try to be as obstructionist as they can. But I have to ask to what end. You know, you, you <laughs> we have two political parties in this country because, you know, we fought a revolution to get there. It's a good idea to have more than one political idea in the conversation, but now it's it's either all my way or no way at all, and both sides are unfortunately um, taking that attitude. We are a, a, a democracy that is that requires, frankly, that, that we have conversation, that we have to work together. Um, that compromise is is basically the uh, the cornerstone of, of, of the United States. And once you ignore that, or once you forget that fact, or, or decide that it's not valid anymore, then we're going to have the kinds of problems that we have today. Let's, let's look at some of the other issues, like race. It seems to me that we've, we've polarized race, we've polarized, uh, we politicized the immigration issues, certainly. What do you see as the future for this country? If we go unchecked, where are we headed? Um, I don't know what you mean by unchecked. But well, I mean, if we don't do something to correct it, if we don't solve some of these problems with respect to working together, trying to find solutions. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I think, you know, the, the future would be fairly dim if we don't try to work together to correct some of these problems. We might disagree on the cause of them. We might disagree on the, um, the effect of them, certainly. But 
what we have to do is acknowledge that we have um, there there are problems of race, there are problems of inequity in the country, um, but blaming other races for your own problems is something that has gone on for generations. And you know, people need to I believe people need to understand that everyone in the United States has trouble. Everyone in the United States has issues with which they have to deal that are uncomfortable and and, and cause cause all kinds of angst and, and sorts of um, it just becomes easier than to, to point a finger at someone else. And you you have folks out there who are very willing to continue to stoke that fire. But, you know, like it or not, we are we will be a uh, increasingly multiracial uh, country in the next couple of generations. So, like it or not, you know, we're going to have to learn how to, to work together. But to hold up political progress, but to hold up the kinds of things like, like the um, Build Back Better program for you know the infrastructure side and the human capital side, that that is probably very short-sighted in the long run. Well, I always tell people that one of the things I really liked about the Susquehanna Valley Thruway Project is it truly was a bipartisan effort. You worked beautifully with uh, Republicans and with other Democrats. I mean, you moved heaven and earth with Rahm Emanuel, who was the chief of staff at the time, and with President Obama. You worked with our elected Republicans in this area, and they worked with you. And I think that's one one of the great things about this project is that if we could do this on a national scale with every issue, we'd probably solve a lot of problems in this country. Just well, my personal I, opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, say, I mean, uh, look. Once you swear your oath of office, you are you represent everybody. You don't represent just the party with, that that you come from. It, that's not how it's supposed to work. Unfortunately, that has become more the case in Congress uh, over the last ten years or so. But you know, I, I remember Joe when I uh, debated Don Sherwood and you asked about the CSBT and during that debate I promised that was my number one transportation priority and by God I did what I had to do to get, get it moving. Not so, only that, when you were first elected the first thing you did is call a meeting and you went into the lion's den with a bunch of us Republicans and you sat down and said how do we move this thing forward? What's gonna I be? admired your courage then, I admire it now Chris. Well thank you Joe, I appreciate that. Um, uh, and I'm look. I'm, I'm thrilled. I saw a report last week uh, about the progress of, of, of the road, and you know, I just, I, I just smile. It feels great to see that that moving along, and uh, and to know that, that we had a part of it. And uh, you know, I just want want your your listening audience to understand that you know, unless we all work together on these things, uh, and, and the the CSVT certainly is, is an example. Um, you know that that's an example of what can happen when we do work together. Uh, no progress is what happens when we don't. You see any elected office in your future? We often ask you this. Uh, well, okay, so we ask you every two years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, I guess I, I don't rule anything out. Um, but you know, you you know the the politics of the 12th district as well as I do. Yeah, it would be a um, tough row. And uh, I, you know, uh, if I was going to run, it would not. I probably would not fare well uh, running for uh, reelect for the the region that I represented in the past. Um, that said, I mean, 
you know, once again, I, I rule nothing out, and uh, I I enjoyed the time I was there. I think we, we did very good work. Uh, I, I think we helped a, a lot of people, and, you know, I'm very proud of, of the approach that we took in being as bipartisan as we, as we possibly could. Uh, and I really enjoyed working with my Republican colleagues, certainly in the uh, in the state legislature uh, on the CSVT. And I think that, you know, that's kind of how we have to go back to, to doing things if we're going to, to get this country straightened out again. You know, there, there's so much uh, mistrust and, and um, probably misplaced anger at each other. It just, you know, we, we, we got to get beyond that. And, and remember that as a nation, we've got a lot of problems to solve together. And that a, a party label uh, can be a very damaging thing sometimes when you are judged uh, by just that. And, well, you know, if, if I saw an opportunity to, that the people, or an indication that people were thinking that we need to get stuff done rather than worry about party affiliation, then I might <laughs> actually consider. I don't uh, think so. I, my my, my <laughs> favorite memory of you, Chris, is one day you and I were sitting side by side at an auditorium in Susquehanna University when they announced they were putting the project into hibernation. And I, I, I almost felt I had to restrain you because you were coming out of your seat. <laughs> yeah. Hibernate this, buddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Thank you so much, Thanks, Chris. Chris. Very much appreciated. Uh, th- you bet, guys. We Take know, care now. And you And we know, we know we'll talk again. Take care. Enjoy the holidays. All right. Chris Garney, former U.S. congressman uh, from Dimmick, Pennsylvania, high up uh, in Susquehanna County, now in the 12th district for U.S. Uh, Congress. They were now in the 12th district. Uh, kind of not uh, indicating things would have to be changed considerably for him to run for U.S. Congress again. That ship may have sailed this idea of, you know, perhaps a Democrat getting into the 12th district that uh, may be may be passed, but will probably be a Democrat next year. Well, bear in mind, there's reapportionment coming up, and 12th district may be, and all the districts may be different. Anything can, well, will change. All right, we are going to flip to open phones. So we had U.S. Congressman Chris Carney on the line, former district, uh, ten, uh, 10th district congressman, now a senior policy advisor with Nauseman LLP and a professor of political science at Penn State University as well as one of his specialities is homeland security and uh, anti-terrorism efforts. On the market sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line open. Uh, we'll probably have time for one call. 1-800-795-9565. You can also email us at onthemarketwkok.com. And once again, you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565. Write that down. You will need that during the next hour. Bob's on the line from Paxinus, Pennsylvania. Uh, probably a fan of U.S. Congressman uh, Chris Carney. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, I enjoyed how relaxed his voice was not being in there anymore, probably. But, um, you know, he brought up the uh, northern border. Uh, that's been locked down for a while. I think that's why he brought that up. That's why everybody's coming in down at the southern border. Well, it's locked and, down, uh, just real quick, Bob, it's locked down at border points, but it, it's open the rest of the time. I mean, you can still, you can go to the middle of Montana and just walk back and forth. You won't even know you're in Canada. Okay. And I liked how he brought up Manchin and uh, owning a coal company. These people in office should not be running coal companies or any other companies that they're running, you know, for our 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 country, you know, it, it's a conflict of interest, in my opinion. And I liked how he said about working together. We have to work together to get things done. And you know, Dr. Oz is running for Senate in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I saw. We that. don't need people like them running for our Senate. What's wrong? So What's wrong with Doctor? Wait, 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 wait. Run. What's wrong with Doctor Oz? He's a quack. He's a Republican. Oh, so that's what's Either wrong way, with him. Republican. Okay, he's a Republican. He's a quack doctor. Now, a I Republican. love how you're nonpartisan way. Did you hear Chris Carney say we needed to start listening to each other <laughs> and hearing today. each other? Well, yeah, today. but he still says a Democrat and a Republican, doesn't he? He still says what? He still a Democrat. separates the different uh, races. <laughs> well, I never heard of the Republican or the Democratic race, but if you it's think we're racist, race. okay. <laughs> All right, call back, Bob. You can get the thank rest you, of your words. All right, thank you. All right, we'll have open phones during the 9 a.m. hour. Mark Lawrence here. Glad to be back from deer camp. As Joe pointed out, I didn't shoot a deer, but I know where there is one. So I'm, I'm going to come back to work Saturday at 5 a.m., and we'll see if we can find her. You're listening to WKOK Sunbury. This is On the Mark. Rob Center is our fabulous producer. Joe McGranahan is our fabulous co-host. And I'm unsatisfactory as a host. This is WK, okay, Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark. Joe's here. Rob's there. Waiting for your call. 1-800-795-9565. We're glad to say U.S. Congressman Chris Carney was on the line for the uh, first uh, 15 minutes of the show. Actually, Talk- the first 25 minutes. Right. Talking about Build Back Better and the CSVT log jam that he single-handedly uh, broke down in Washington with lots of helps from everybody, I guess. And uh, let's see. So we talked about that. Plus Homeland Security. He agreed with me that the southern border is particularly dangerous when it comes to terrorism and homeland security. You know, yes, immigration should be controlled, and that's a, a noteworthy thing. But he also talked about something that really doesn't get a lot of conversation. That's the northern border, or even as far as that goes, are U.S. shorelines, uh, all of which are... But stop and think. You porous. realize the president has required now foreign visitors entering this country must be vaccinated. 
We don't have that same rule down at the southern border where people are <laughs> streaming across. At do the we? northern border or at the oh, shore at the points. Northern, so. At the places where people come in, we do. Right. Well, at the points, but 90% of the border up there is not a point. It's open. So, And same with the southern border. Of course, security is not as tight on the U.S.-Mexico border as it should be. So that is an issue, and the congressman is highly informed on, t- on topics related to anti-terrorism. So uh, there's, uh, there's something to that that should be addressed. So we can talk about that. Uh, we had a vibrant show yesterday. You, you, I hope you, fo- you conservatives are happy. I had a real Democrat in here uh, yesterday, and he'll be back next week, as a matter of fact. So he's going to visit one day. So uh, you get to have uh, Steve Kushiloff for lunch once again. He's <laughs> on the Mark Steve program. Steve holds his own. Now he did well. Plus, he does something that I have never mastered, and that's know how to listen and just listen to these good conservatives uh, say well, things that Steve are... Steve does react. Oh, sometimes. <laughs> Okay, so you see him rolling his eyes. All right. No, I I hear him interrupting people from okay. time to time, as I do from time to time. When All right. On the mark enjoy. sponsor of the Sunbury Motor Company, check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line now open, 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-WDKOK. You can email us at onthemark at wdkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. In the news, motorists advise that Route 54 is blocked in both directions between Route 61 and Route 487 on Natalie Mountain because of some down Verizon lines. It'll be several hours until that is reopened. It led to some very long lines of motors trying to get into Shimokan in order to bypass that uh, closure. And uh, some of that has eased, but still slow trying to get uh, into uh, Shimokan this morning on Route 61 northbound to do a bypass around the Route 54 Natalie closure. Sort of a preview of the winter closures that are common on that particular Road. Two Shimokan parents are charged with the death of a child last month. Patricia Zimmerman and Brandon Garancheski are charged with endangering the welfare of a child and recklessly endangering another child. Zimmerman woke up and the child was uh, dead under Garancheski's arm, according to police papers. Methamphetamine may have been a factor in that uh, case. Dozens of new businesses will be open uh, late tomorrow night in Sunbury, while SRI, Sunbury Revitalization Incorporated, starts to ring in the the holidays with late shoppers night tomorrow 5 to 7 p.m. Amanda Furlong is helping SRI as their office administrator. We promote things, we do carriage rides, we do store specials, we organize a raffle with the businesses and it gets people out and it gets them going into stores that they may not have gone in before. She says a lot of new businesses are taking part, plus they'll have the headquarters set up at the SRI Albright Center at 5th and Chestnut Streets where the warming station Wake and Wire will actually be open in the evening. There'll be a raffle there, and you'll be able to, there'll be an artist Did open house. you say house. warming or worming? Warming? It sounded like you said worming station. Worming station. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to deworm you? Yeah, I, pro- <laughs> I probably did say worming, but that's not what they're doing there tomorrow night, although you can go out to the Sunbury Animal Hospital. They'll take good They'll care of you. They'll deworm you. Right. Get some ivermectin. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See it. Everything circles around to important <laughs> issues. Re- Sunburyrevitalization.org if you want more information on that. Uh, 
state Supreme Court Tuesday reinstated the governor's mask mandate, at least temporarily. The Supreme Court will hear arguments December 8th on the lawsuit against the governor's mask mandate. Many school districts have already dropped the mandate while this is being discussed. Dr. Oz is in. Dr. Mamet Oz launched his campaign for U.S. Senate yesterday, bringing a splash of star power to the uh, pretty crowded Republican primary race for U.S. Senate. Also, Jake Corman was in Belfont last night, officially launched his campaign and launched his statewide Restore Freedom listening tour, says he'll stop at a lot of places. Uh, we have him on our list of future appearances, so we'll let you know when the date is for that as Jake Corman campaigning for governor. In case you haven't heard, CNN has indefinitely suspended anchor Chris Cuomo. Should have fired him. Well, they might. <laughs> Maybe they have to have a hearing or something, but according to their contract. After details emerged on how he helped his brother, former Governor Andrew Cuomo, uh, to face charges of sexual harassment earlier this year, the network says document released by the New York Attorney General Monday indicated Cuomo took a greater role of involvement in his brother's efforts than CNN previously knew. As a result, they've suspended Chris indefinitely pending further evaluation. And the CNN anchor pressed sources for information on his brother's accusers and reported back to the governor's staff and was active in helping craft their response to the charges, according to the emails and a transcript of his testimony to investigators. I can't claim that's political because the attorney general in New York is a Democrat. Well, and uh, this is a, sort of a private contractual issue between Cuomo and CNN. They're not even doing it just because it's a terrible idea for a human to, to you know, to help brace against legitimate charges like this. In fact, uh, it violates a CNN contract to withhold information when they ask you to tell us well, everything about this. I don't think anybody do would have faulted him if he had you know, stepped aside from his job at CNN and said, listen, family comes first. I'm going to help my brother. I believe these charges are unfounded. I'm going to do what I can to help him. <laughs> you always you come know. up with great things that people could have said if they're suddenly <laughs> nonpartisan and objective and factual. Well, I mean, yeah, but people instead... Never Say the things you wish. I know. Jim. He attempted to influence the investigation from inside. Well, that's on all where, sides, by the looks where of it. That's what's wrong here. Attempting to influence, uh, crafting their response to the charges, uh, pressed sources of information on his brother's accuser. Yeah, that wouldn't necessarily impact those sources. Uh, let's see. Did, I mean, basically, did, uh, he's the only thing with a pulse rating over it, uh, with a rating that has a pulse, I should say, at CNN. So I'm sure they were loath to suspend him or to take him off the air. And he has more viewers than Anderson Cooper, right? I believe he does. I think yes. I don't think a lot, but I think. And and, of course, CNN is uh, not quite <laughs> unheard of in the ratings book, but they're, they're not the big well, leader. Well, they don't the, call it the Clown News Network for the nothing. The big leader is uh, Fox, of course. And MSNBC is an asterisk in the ratings <laughs> book. Oh, by the way, there's <laughs> there's Rachel Maddow, who has a... Uh, we well, you know what the MS stands for. Mightily sorrowful. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Silly. All right. So, we got uh, open phones right now. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone phone number. Uh, we have some leftover emails that uh, because you had so many calls yesterday. Go ahead, Joe. You wanted to click uh, on I was it. just going to see if what our email was. Yes. 1-800-795-9565. It's not working, says one of our good listeners. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, we'll t I was going to say the text machine is working, but <laughs> one of our good listeners emails us and says... It's not. It's not working. Probably so. it's upset that I ignored it for two days. <laughs> uh, uh, you said yesterday you were reading a text, and I wonder if you misspoke. I was reading a text off a phone. 
Oh, I, that somebody sent you. Right. Oh, somebody sent it directly to you. I don't know whether um, I don't know whether uh, our producer was able to get the audio clip clip I sent well, this morning. He's putting on his headphones. Oh, okay. he's answering the phone. Okay. All right. Well, I have it if he doesn't. Your representative Lauren Bobert, are you, are you following this from Colorado? I am. She's under fire for her comments about Representative Ilan Omar. Uh, she refused to become says she refuses to become another victim of the cancel culture on the Ingram angle, which is a Fox show. Bobert said she called Omar to personally apologize for her joke involving a recent run-in with the Minnesota Democrat, but the call ended with Omar hanging up and was followed by a press release that seemed to have been drafted before the phone call was even made. I think that's interesting. <laughs> did yeah, you, you can't go said? with a toned-down one. But did you hear what she said did you, and the way in which she said it? Do we have that audio? Yes, 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 yes. I think it's worth listening to. Oh, you have to find it. Yes. Uh, just okay. Just a second. All right, he's looking this up. <laughs> uh, it is going to take a minute, but fi- finish this setup, and, okay. uh, and then that will take care of that. Uh, she didn't want to hear what I had to say, Bobert said. Omar and the left don't want an apology. They want public humiliation. So- <laughs> okay, this is from, uh, what is this, a campaign or a supporter's appearance She was, in Colorado? yes, talking to supporters. All right, listen carefully. So- <laughs> oh, man, let's hear so, uh, the other night on the House floor was not the, my first Jihad Squad moment. Uh, so, I was getting into an elevator with one of my staffers. And he and I are we're leaving the Capitol, we're going back to my office, and we get in the elevator, and I see a Capitol Police officer running hurriedly to the elevator. I see fret all over his face, and he's reaching, and I'm like, what? I can't, the door's shutting, like, I can't, I can't open it. Like, what's happening? I look to my left, and there she is, Ilhan Omar. And I said, well, she doesn't have a backpack. We should be fine. (laughs) (laughs) So we only had one floor to go, and I was like, ah, do I say it or not? And looked over, and I said, oh, look, the Jihad Squad decided to show up for work today. It's just her staffers on Twitter that talk for her. She she's not tough in person. She doesn't. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a little bit of interaction with these folks there. Well, that that's it. What do you think? Should well, she I think it's canceled? pretty inappropriate. Uh, um, it's it certainly you know, doesn't fuel collegiality, <laughs> right? And if you're going to make fun of uh, Islamic terrorists and say that anybody who is Islamic, I mean that's a form of Islamophobia they call it. So, I don't know, very inappropriate. But the the key is that she's a congressperson. You know, isn't that ironic that we would have Chris Carney on saying that you know there's a certain amount of decorum and respect that you can offer and get things done, and then of course popping up in the news is this kind of a remark, which is, I don't know, I just think it, it doesn't bother me as much as it used to, because I, I think, you know, we're getting used to it from the two ilks on either side of the aisle, but it's still highly inappropriate. Well, she said, uh, Laura Ingram said to her last night, uh, she warned her, warned her that she gave the already, quote, already hateful left a bat to hit you over the head with. Bobert explained she didn't apologize to appease the left, but to continue being a good congresswoman for her constituents. They know I'll defend Israel and support our police, unlike others who call Israelis terrorists and want to dismantle the police. I'll protect your right to keep and own your firearms, among well, other things. Well, that speaks in her favor, then, because if the... Uh, 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 
the remarks of Ilhan Omar went out and still had the you know sort of the sharpest point on them about that. You know, she waived the olive, olive branch not because she was going to suddenly start to respect people who are uh, believers in the faith of Islam, but because she's a congresswoman. That's the right answer. You know, that's sort of one of the answers you craft for people that says, okay, we're going to do this, and here's the reason why. All right, so we're going to talk about this. Uh, we can talk about uh, any of the hot topics of the world, if you wish to, the coronavirus. Of course, the uh, Omicron variant is out there, so we can talk about that, the vaccinations, boosters, uh, and climate change, favorite topics on the show. We're going to open up the phones 100% uh, in a moment. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Our callers are lined up. Uh, one of our good listeners sends us a note, says, This show really brings the oddballs out. Laughing my posterior off. Great job, Steve, says Tom. So that's one of our emailers who sent us a note. Uh, Joseph is first. Right, no. Joseph is first. Okay. Go ahead, Joseph. You're on the mark. Go right ahead. Yes, good morning. I wanted to talk about global warming. Uh, it's estimated that we burn, what, 20 million barrels a day, roughly? Of oil, you mean? States. Of oil? Of crude oil? Yes. Okay. Or gasoline. Okay. What are you talking about, oil or gasoline? Well, no, gasoline. I'm talking about oil. All right. Crude so, oil. All right. Well, anyway, uh, consider this. <laughs> That's America. What about Russia? What about China? What about India? What about Canada? What about all the countries in South America and Africa? Burning an awful lot of fossil fuel, right? Oil, gas, uh, coal, whatever, okay? I, uh, now I'm, you know where I stand. I'm, I'm a conservative, and I believe that President Trump was a good president. But now President Trump didn't go along with the greenhouse effect, with the, the war, global warming. But you have to be insane not to think that burning all this fossil fuel doesn't cause a problem in the upper atmosphere. I was watching CNN this morning, and they had a scientist or something on there, and he was saying that they had rain in Greenland uh, long before they even predicted they would ever have rain there, and the amount of uh, the ice cap of Greenland that's melting I, I can't remember the millions of tons a day of water that's putting in the ocean, okay? And they were talking about this, the sea coast rising and Florida being in trouble and, you know, all these coastal areas, you know. Uh, and so I believe that. Uh, uh, and now, a lot of conservatives will take issue with me about that, but 
hey, uh, you have the facts there, and I've seen pictures of Greenland, uh, uh, satellite pictures, like 10 years ago and today, and you can see how the ice cap is, is melted away. And in fact, I was down to Kenya, and in Mount uh, Kilimanjaro, in Mount Kenya, our snow cap, but they're, they're, they're melting away. And so something's causing global warming. And I agree that there is climate change, you know, throughout the years. Also, to think about this for a moment, that they claim, the, the, the geologists and all these people studying, they claim that there was an ice age, that the, I think the ice cap was, what, down to the Mason-Dixon line or somewhere there a million years ago or something. That's what they claim. I may be off a little bit in that Mason-Dixon line, but it was it was pretty well covered in North America here. Well, that all melted away, and yet we're still alive, and human beings and animals are still alive, so the planet is still here, and the environment is okay. So if this uh, melts away again, what's it going to hurt, you know? I don't know, but I'm just, I just put that out there. Well, I think part of it, you asked about other countries, first of all, that involves uh, personal responsibility. Uh, yes, we know that there are hazardous drivers out there, but when you go out and drive, you drive as carefully as you can. Uh, what do you mean? I don't understand what you're talking about, hazardous drive. I'm talking about uh, global warming and burning fossil fuel. Right. This is an illustration. It's not a biblical illustration. This is a normal illustration. So what happens is they're all the countries you named are countries that are re- trying to reduce uh, their oh, output. They're trying to, but still they burn an awful lot of fossil fuel. Excellent point. But uh, you see, the goal is effort. And that's what President Biden is talking about. That's what we're talking about. So in yep. any event, you know, you name good countries. They're all big consumers. Everybody's cutting back in the globe almost. There's very few places that that aren't doing some things. And U.S. is a big consumer, so we're oh, making bigger yeah, and I, sacrifices. I, and I believe this, because, you know, I read the Bible, and I believe the Bible, but in Revelations it says it's now it's time to destroy ah, those that destroyed the earth. Okay, So gotcha. there's a prophecy that he's going to destroy those people that destroyed the earth. Check. So it, it is coming up, you know. And also Excellent. he said that uh, in the end times, uh, the seas and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear. <laughs> Looking after Gonna those things that are coming flood, on the apparently. earth. All right, we so, got you, uh, it's Joseph. It's a prediction of uh, tsunamis and yep. things like that, you know? All right, we got you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Very much appreciated. All right, next up, Bob is on the mark. Go ahead, sir. Go right ahead. you got another minute. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, as far as uh, global warming goes, we can see that with other countries. They're losing all their uh, means of growing food and flooding and uh, all that destruction going on. But uh, as far as the Senate floor goes, I, I would take that as workplace harassment. Those senators down there calling each other names and stuff like that. And um, as far as what I was talking about with race and Republicans and Democrats, it's, it's a Senate race, and he's running as a Republican. So it's a Senate race if you're running as a Republican or a Democrat. So it's not a race like a racial issue. Okay. It's just a race for the Senate. Gotcha. The way you said it, I, I, I sounded like you were calling Republicans and Democrats a race. <laughs> well, I mean, I was stuck on the spot. <laughs> well, they might as well be. Thanks you know. for the clarification, Bob. Now we get you. Appreciate All right. it. Thank you, sir. Well, Thanks for checking and, um, in. You know, the Supreme Court has to agree and keep uh, Roe versus Wade, uh, you know, as a con- constitutional right for abortion. Right. They have to, in but my they opinion, might not. They have to. They have to keep it. And uh, the court now restored mass mandate in schools again. 
right, how you feel about that one. Well, that's not the United States Supreme Court. That's the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. <laughs> well, and it, okay. besides, schools can still, even though it's been reinstated temporarily, schools can still say, well, it's being debated, so we're not going to require them. You can be, you know, you can do what Lewisburg has done and some other school districts around here say, we're going to keep wearing them while it's debated. Or you can do like other school districts have done and say, we're going to not require them while it's being discussed. So, And if you don't get the vaccine, stay home, don't go nowhere, sleep in your basement. There you go. <laughs> Hide in the basement. I <laughs> sounded about it. Oh, good one. It worked during too, the presidential Bob. campaign. It might work for other people. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Dennis is next up. Good morning, sir. Glad to hear from you in person. Morning, Dennis. Yes, good morning, fellas. I don't know, Joe, you're probably more interested in this than Mark at the moment, but it is an interesting topic. Do you realize, my friend from Connecticut sent me an article, that they passed, Congress passed to raise the, uh, excuse me, the Medicare B premiums for 2022 by 14.5%. And I said, what? I had to look this up. Normally now we're paying like 148 out of our Medicare, for Medicare, you know, out of our Social Security. Congress initially thought it was going to be 158.50, and now it's up to 170, 10 cents actually, um, dollars a month. And I'm like, what? That's outrageous to take that much out of the, you know, Social Security because I am now getting it, so I understand this. And the the premiums for the deductible for Part B will be up 233 dollars. So it's up $30, 14.8% this coming year. But that has already been passed by Congress. But, Dennis, there's also an increase in the Social Security payments going out, which is roughly around 6%, I think. Right. But that's not going to offset the, the amount of this going off. Right. You know what so I mean? So we're going to be worse off, huh? Well, we are worse off. But, I mean, they're talking about Build Back Better. They're giving trillions of dollars we talk about. What about the elderly population that has set the pace for this? United States. You know, you don't hear Hollywood screaming for us, you know, the elite. I think the elderly are being screwed over this. Maybe I shouldn't use that word, but you know what I mean. It's like it's being misused. All this money chipping away that people can't even live on that. You know what I mean? Monthly Social Security. And they have the nerve to chip away at that. I'm like, I'm incensed over it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just find it, you know, all Why this money they're talking about for other programs, take care of your elderly first, you know? But you could make the so, argument that by having Medicare, they are taking care of us. You know, we have to pay something for it. We have to have a dog in the fight. The yeah. question becomes, how much of the, how much are we paying for that dog? Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree with you 100% on that, Joe. I mean, yes, it is a program that maybe other countries don't have, you know, but it's still... I, like I saw two elderly women at um, Walmart yesterday talking. The one says, I just paid all my bills. Now I have $50 left for another month. And I'm like, that's a shame. That's an absolute shame that this woman has 50 bucks for a whole month to live off of. You know? And I don't know. This is, maybe it's just me, but I hear all these figures being thrown out there. Come on, people. And how long do the elderly have? You know what I mean? I know we're an aging population right now, but... Right. I don't know. And I longevity is longevity's going you know, backwards. But I get edgy when you call me elderly. I prefer senior <laughs> citizen. Yeah, the lady, well. the lady you saw at Walmart just texted us and says, <laughs> "I'm not elderly. <laughs> take your elderly and <laughs> yeah, and, right. and, and, and 
Put I'm in somewhere. that program. I'm 68, so I'm in that program. Put it out of too. sight, oh. she says. <laughs> well. Yeah. But anyway, and can I take one thing with Chris Carney here? Sure. He's talking about, sure. you know, all these uh, budget things for the infrastructure. Do we remember when Mr. Obama became president, Congress passed $819 billion for shovel-ready jobs? How come that $819 didn't offset at least some of the infrastructure we had to do in this country? You know, we think back. We didn't forget that. And hardly anything, according when you look at history, went for shovel-ready jobs. So I just take, you know, note with that, that, you know, infrastructure is important. But what happened to all this money we've spent in the past, you know? <laughs> well, our grandkids have to pay for it, first of all. So well, that's the yeah. truth. But, you know, so, some of it, if you if you look, you can see where it went. There certainly are a lot of agencies and organizations and government entities around here that say they have enjoyed government funding for this or that, or you can drive over bridges or visit public places where the plaques are up there to say... Um, you know, this was in part paid for with some government funding. All right, Dennis, we got to hit the road, but thank you okay, so much. Thank you. Just take in. care. Bring up an interesting point. Thank you. Yep, thank you. 1 800 795 9565. We'll be right back. Welcome back. 1 800 795 9565. 1 800 795 9565. Cindy, you are on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, gentlemen. You know, I wanted to point out to the earlier caller that there was an article um, just in this last month. That Medicare Plus has gone $160 billion over the original estimate for the cost. And who should pay for that enormous overage? Well, I don't think it should be our children and our grandchildren. I think it should be those of us who use the service. Mm-hmm. Just that simple. Right, I don't, don't know why it would be justified dollars. to displace that cost on other people. I think we should pay for it if you want that. You don't have to take advantage. You cannot carry that. But you've paid in your whole life, so should you not? To regular Medicare. You've paid into the regular Medicare. Okay, so if you want Part B, you pay for that. Not to the supplemental things that they keep hammering on television. Right, so get yourself a job. That's true. Get yourself a job that has lifetime health care, and then you'll be happy. I don't know about a job. I don't know what job has lifetime health care. Um, I, I don't know either. <laughs> I'm just saying there must be some, or make enough wealth during your life so that your your health insurance won't be as significant a bite out of your pocket. Well, I wanted to also point out um, that uh, former um, Congressman Carney, while he did it say that Pennsylvanians benefited from Obamacare, there were also enormous costs to thousands and thousands of Pennsylvanians. For example, it drove up the cost of health insurance that was provided public school teachers, as a consequence of which we saw a sharp increase in the number of strikes because the teachers don't want to pay for their health insurance either. They believe that the taxpayers should have to bear that cost. And under the terms of Obamacare, that couldn't go that way. They were forced to to pay for their health insurance to some extent. And that's what many of these strikes are about. They don't want to pay for it. And uh, the school boards have no choice but to force that issue through through these contract negotiations. Many Pennsylvanians lost the doctor or the plan that they were very happy with because of the rules under Obamacare for what kind of health insurance you could have. So even if you were prepared to pay for it, you weren't allowed to have it anymore. 
The now, cost of uh, college went up because the colleges are employers, and all employers' cost for health insurance rose, and they turned around and charged their customers, quite understandably. And who are their customers? The students. And then, ironically, the, the Democrats who cook this plan up, they're squawking that it's costing more to go to college. Well, maybe if you hadn't created a situation in which the universities had to pay so much more for health insurance, you would not have driven up the cost of going to college. Quickie question associated with this. Health care costs were going up exponentially before Obamacare went into effect. How much greater was the increase from Obamacare than when they were going up, you know, things were becoming less affordable prior to then? What's the difference? I That's can't, hard to calculate. Look, I'm not going to be <laughs> irresponsible and make up some number, Mark. I can't give you a specific number. But I can tell you, because I know, because I sat on the school board, we saw 10, 15, 19% increases. My husband runs a business. He sees the health insurance company come in and tell them 20% increase in the cost of health insurance to your company. What were so the if you want numbers, there's numbers that you can rely Perfect. on. Perfect, yes, that's what I'm looking for. And what were the percentage of increases prior to Obamacare? I have no idea. Well, and then bear in mind that Joe Namath is on television telling me I should call this hotline number to get everything I'm entitled to. Exactly. Whether or not, you know, but you're not. And in suggesting, and apparently for some people this is true, that you won't have to pay for it, other people will. Right. And Zero that, dollar that, They co-pays. forget about that other people will part. They just say, <laughs> you won't have to pay for it. But they don't acknowledge that that cost is then displaced on others. You know, under Obamacare, all of the employers, all, whether they were government employers or private employers or nonprofit employers, all of them had to pay a fee per employee, per employee, for several years. This tax was not leveled by Congress, but rather by Catherine Sebelius as the head of, of uh, HHS. That money was all funneled to the health insurance companies. So on top of the fact that you paid more for your health insurance, perhaps if you paid outright for it, or that you paid a higher cost as a co-share with your employer, on top of all of that, your employer had to pay the $60 per person. Per person, which meant if you had a family of four, they paid $60 times four. And we've seen many, therefore, many employers shift to not covering family. Gotcha. They'll cover you. You have to pay the full cost to cover your family. Again, a product of the policies and processes put in place by Obamacare. All right, and all gotcha. of this Thank went you. to give, in Pennsylvania, 30,000 people a free ride. All right, we got you. Thank you so much, Cindy. Really appreciate the call. 1-800-795-9565, talking about increases in the cost of uh, Medicare Part B and uh, how that impinges on the the difficulty that uh, some uh, rate payers for Medicare currently have. And then uh, layered on top of that, we're talking about Obamacare. And uh, I asked the question, which I'm sure many people can answer around here, how much did premiums go up each year prior to Obamacare? And how much would they have gone up without it? Now, my only point is that we do know that health insurance costs were increasing exponentially already, and then Obamacare made it worse. How much worse, I guess, would be sort but of But bear in mind that Obamacare it. was not designed to lower costs. It was designed to, to pick up coverage who didn't right. have it. It was designed to... to uh, and it succeeded admirably out. in not lowering the costs. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that was one of it. All right. Uh, on that topic, one of our listeners says, go ahead, Joe. Uh, anti-vaxxers are driving the cost of Medicare up, Medicaid, and all other medical insurance way up. The cost is freedom. The real cost of freedom. All right. That puts Mike on the radio. Thank you so much for calling in. Haven't heard from you in a while, but glad you're back on the line. Yeah, I'd like to clarify a little bit about this uh the payment is, uh, to uh, Medicare from your Social Security. Uh, the, the average Social Security payment in the United States is $1,533 a month. And the average amount that Medicare is going up is $21.60 a month. Okay, are you with me so far? Not really, but what, what the main point is? The main point is that Social Security payments are going up 5.9 percent in 2022 on account of the inflation rate, which is an average amount of 91 dollars a month. So even even though uh, the Medicaid Medicare excuse me payments going up 21 dollars, the monthly payment to people on average, this is the average now, okay, is somewhere around 90 dollars. So you're still going to be approximately 70 dollars ahead, even with the increased payment for your Medicare. Nobody seems to take into account that the inflation rate of 5.9 in October translates into a 5.9 of the CPI and a 5.9% increase in Social Security payments for starting in January 2022. So if you're dependent, you yes, if you're dependent on any of these services and or, um, well, Social Security is not an entitlement. It's what, and it's insurance. It's right, called it's an entitlement. Yeah, right, people okay. pay. People pay into that the whole time they're working. That's true. So uh, you're getting squeezed you from all. What, you understand everything I just said, though. That's yeah. what I'm trying to think. Uh, I wouldn't say I understand everything, but it's obvious. Your people are getting squeezed. That's obvious. So that's what we're talking about. No, wait a minute. Look. They're out. They're they're having seventy dollars more per month in twenty twenty two. Didn't you hear what I said? Not directly, no. But the, but the bottom line is what? Just in one sentence. What do well, you? What's your point? I'm saying that Medicare payments are going up twenty one dollars a month, while Social Security payments, from which the Medicare payments come, are going up ninety dollars on average. So you're gaining seventy dollars. We're ahead. Okay, perfect. All right, thank you so much. Uh, that, you that, understand that, what I'm saying? Now? I, I, yes, I call that. I understand it. Um, <laughs> but our prior caller yeah, okay. was making our prior caller made the point that that it will not offset. I think it was Dennis who called in, and his argument was that yeah, the increase would not wrong. offset. He hasn't looked up the facts and figures, obviously. So you you say that will the increase will be more no, than no, offset? No, I don't say. This is based on. Uh, I googled up the numbers. Well, you're the one who's saying it. I'm I'm, I'm only saying that that's well, the okay. subject well, I, of I your discussion. I didn't make discussion. these numbers up. I, I, I did didn't the research say you were. I, was... I didn't say you were. I just said you, oh, okay. you brought it up, and you, your your opinion is from your research that we're going to be better. No, it's not an opinion. These are the numbers okay. that are posted. <laughs> I'm not gonna, well, I'll, it's a fact, Joe. Yeah, all right. Work with this here. Well, Dennis, uh, hey, Dennis had math, facts too. Math is not opinion. Math is fact. All right, we got you. All right, thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for calling in. Really appreciate oh, it. You're I'm glad Take to care. hear Bye. from you. Bye. All right, Joe, you're going to be the last caller before a quickie break. You are oh, on the mark. Yeah, but, um, well, 
that last caller, math is racist, too. So, anyhow. Uh, but, Mark, when you asked Cindy that question, I understood it. Like, what what was the difference between, you know, the, the rate of insurance going up and what it would have been with Obamacare, as if that would have halted it, right? Is that what I'm kind of getting your question? Mark? No, I'm just curious, because Obamacare is rightfully blamed for exponentially increasing premiums that people right. have to pay for their insurance, and she <laughs> talked about the subsequent fallout, but I do right. recall just as a person, before then, costs were going up every year. Right. That's just my point, uh, if I got that right, that, like, Obamacare was going to either d- slow it down or dampen the, the slow down the rates, uh, but I... I don't have any numbers like, you know, Cindy, or I didn't look at anything like that, what you're asking numbers. But my point is that people that didn't like Obamacare was part in part that it was going to be the government getting involved more in your health care. It wasn't a fact that we would be helping other people. I don't think that was an issue with very many people that, oh, I'm, I'm not going to vote for it because it's going to help the poor. It was the fact that, and we, over a period of time, we've learned that the more government involved in anything seems to ruin the idea that, uh, uh, that is the original idea of, of helping the poor with insurance. So that's, that's why, and maybe indirectly, that people voted against Obamacare. Or does that make any sense? That makes perfect it wasn't sense. Thank exactly you. Exactly the idea that we were trying to not help poor. Right, we were already struggling in this. Uh, that's not it, the it real was, point. And I realized that healthcare was going up because I, if uh, a question, I think the government was heavily involved in care before uh, Obamacare. Right, there are a lot of regulations that hospitals and doctors had to go through. But then you see this even more involvement, which we didn't like. So. That right. was part yeah. of it, but I another thing about Chris Carney, if you uh, have a sec here, uh, that his uh, idea is that I've noticed uh, over the certain amount of time about uh, patterns that when the party in power, and it's a two-party system, gets the power back, they say the other side should cooperate now. And I'm saying both parties do that, right? Have you noticed that? All right, right. we got you, Joe. Thank you so much for calling in. Very much appreciated. Glad to hear from you. One of our emailers, I guess this is from the gentleman who called earlier, said, if Social Security gives a 5% raise and Medicare increases at 14.5%, how do you see that as a gain? Well, if 5% raise on $500 would be more than a 14.5% increase in $2.50. Right, so I mean, it's relative. I I agree, tend to agree with um, Mike, who called in. Uh, I believe you will be actually be a little better off. Now, I could be wrong, but what I did, and I didn't delve into it the way apparently some of our callers did, I thought I was going to be better off. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Earlier today, we had U.S. Congressman Chris Carney on the line. Of course, he talked about the fact that uh, right, his uh, vote for Obamacare uh, probably cost him re-election in a conservative district, and so we had discussed that. Since then, we've talked about Obamacare. We also talked about Representative Ilhan Omar not graciously accepting an apology from Congresswoman Bo Bart of, am I saying that right? Bo Bo-Bert. Bo-Bert. 
Gilbert of Colorado. Uh, so that's kind of out there. So 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. What's your opinion about these topics? Call us now. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Yeah, I couldn't. I'm being obsequious here to my former boss, Joe. Now, the way you spell it. (laughs) Anyway, Pete says, isn't it rich that Omar is offended and the Democrats are having a meltdown about how Bobart is cruel and water hung from the highest tree? The Democrats didn't feel that way when Omar and her squad, on more than one occasion, have said nasty things. I guess it's okay to insult the Jewish people. Signed, Pete. Yeah, I think Representative Elon Omar has gotten some grief for her remarks, but not as much as if she were a Republican. That is probably true. But I think what is noteworthy about uh, Representative Bobart is it's rare that you see a Republican being so honest about their Islamophobia. It's great that she said it, and she says it other times when she's not being recorded, but rarely are Republicans that honest. I beg your pardon. Dan, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Yeah, I didn't hear what Bobart said to Omar or said about Omar. I wish I had, because I'd really like to know what all the the hoopla is about. But well, anyway, we, we played it on uh, the, the air. Supreme Court. We, we played what? it. Sorry you didn't hear yeah, it. Yeah, you we weren't here it yet. on the air. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's okay. I'll, I'll find it. But anyways, you know, the Supreme Court's going to hear a case about the Mississippi abortion law today. And uh, I hope they uh, go the right way and uh, uphold it. Because it's a state's right thing. Whether you like abortion or not, it's still a state's right thing. It's not the federal government's purview to control abortion law. And they, and they never did pass a law that just a uh, government, you know, this courts upon high said that that's the way it's going to be. So if if a state wants to legalize abortion, that's for the states to do. If they want to uh, make a, abortions illegal after a certain amount of time, that's the state's rights. Tenth Amendment thing. It's all there in the Constitution. But what is it there in the Constitution is that Abortion can be controlled by the federal government. Well, don't, don't you think that the, the country would benefit by having a uniform standard in something as controversial as this, so that people knew what was what they could count on and what they couldn't count on? You don't have to be like Texas women now have to drive to Oklahoma for an abortion. Right. I, I don't want to go back particularly to the days when women died because somebody with a coat hanger performed an abortion on them. I don't think that's right either. You know, but on the but other that's hand, that's where states' rights come in, Joe. All right, Stan. Another minute. We have another caller waiting. Plus, I have to talk about something very important. And so uh, we'll give you another minute. Go ahead. Well, I mean, that's that's all I got to say on it. I mean, it's a states' rights thing, and it's time for the federal government to learn their place in this country. 
It's not to control everybody all the time. And I know people say, well, it's a woman's right to, to, to make that choice. But when it comes to the same people, when it comes to the choice of people deciding whether or not they're going to get an experimental vaccine, is all, you know, all opposed to that. So <laughs> Who has I don't to want to hear their double standard and... That's all I've got to say. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Who's getting an experimental vaccine? You back? say to the government, sit government, stay government. <laughs> <laughs> I think we tried to 200-some years ago, and it didn't work after no. that. All right, On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, or Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf, a wonderful Kia dealership. they got some new Kias down there, plus they got some new uh, vehicles. A choice of Broncos now down at the Sunbury Motor Company. They had an abundance of 150s come in, and now, guess what? they got an abundance of Ford Broncos coming in, including the one that's already on the lift kit when you buy it with the knobbly tires. It looks perfect for deer hunting. R, R, R. So do what I did. To check out the inventory at sunburymotors.com. Then go down there and buy one of the Broncos or an Explorer. Run over the deers with the truck? R, if that's what it takes. We're willing to do it. Now, uh, buy a build, a Ford car or truck to your precise specifications, a Hyundai or a Kia. Uh, so please start out your search for our good sponsor at the Sunbury Motor Company, Sunbury motors.com. All right, Lance, that affords you a little bit less than a minute. Go right ahead. Okay. Why, you know how um, white folk now are all racist. You know, everybody calls them racist, racist, racist. I started out thinking, you know, that's how a real Muslim feels when every Muslim is called a terrorist. I mean, it really is. And both of them are wrong. Right. Good point. Absolutely. I can't disagree with you there. Yeah. We'd like to, <laughs> but we can. <laughs> All right. What else? Or did on I? On the other hand, you reap, you reap what you sow, and if you sow okay. discord and insults, then that's what you reap. Joe's so dumb to say something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's the case. No, if Ilan Omar spoke only nicely about people, she wouldn't attract be a lightning rod for that kind of criticism. All right. Thank just you, everybody. For, I'm just being, I'm just doing what you're talking about. Name calling. All right. You're listening to WKOK Sunbury. Time for the Dan Patrick Show. It is 10 o'clock in the morning. Good morning.